I'm the gnarly gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, this is, is this the first time? No, I've done a couple podcasts in this building, but it's been a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always, I always, when I'm doing an intro to an episode, I'm like trying to kind of ease into where we are and who we're with, but people read the title on the podcast. They know what's going on. Hopefully by the time they listen to this, they've already been out here and, uh, and, and, and seen kind of the refresh of the 50 West Brew Pub because it's been a long time coming. <laughs> and I know that there are a lot of people that are listening to this that have been chomping at the bit to get back in here and have a beer. Um, uh, Bobby, Max, welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for, for having us. This is great. Uh, this is the first time we've done a podcast in person for a really long time. Uh, I had Bobby on the show um, in May of 2020. Mm-hmm. It was the last 50 West episode we did. And uh, I think when we talked then, we thought we were kind of on our way out of the whole COVID craziness. And um, clearly it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was um, it was a really good episode. If people want to go back and listen to that, of how you guys kind of adapted to everything shutting down and kind of figuring out what that meant for Fifty West, and a part of that was this place closing down, and <laughs> probably thought that it was going to open quicker than what it did. <laughs> yeah, I... how have you guys been, Max? Uh, I've been good. You know, uh, we've run a soft opening the last uh, two business days. So last uh, Friday and Thursday, um, which went really well. Uh, We've got a new team over here. We got a new GM. We got a new chef. Um, So work wise, uh, it's it's been like exciting to see a lot of this hard work come together. It's also um, you've put on events before. Uh, It's also fun. It kind of feels like the the day of the event where you wake up really early and then like just try to quickly like gather all your thoughts and organize your team and like organize the space and then get ready. And then like the party aspect of it kind of starts, but you have to like manage the party and it's kind of fun. Well, I just did that for the last two days and it was, it was a good time. (laughs) Um, and, but yeah, so work, work wise has been good. Uh, yeah, my personal life's fine. And, uh, (laughs) I appreciate you asking. Did, did you guys, I mean, if we look back, we'll say, look back six months ago, like how, how, how much did you guys know that this day was actually going to going to happen realistically in the near future? Or did you think that this was going to be closed for a, a really long time? Like how long has this been in the works? About uh, forever. <laughs> no, we, we knew it was coming. I mean, we knew this place needed to reopen. Um, but it was, it was, I think one of the fun parts about it is just like our, our fans, our people that have appreciated right. us from from beginning and supported us all these years, they kept asking us, when is that going to reopen? When is that going to reopen? Um, what we needed to do was, uh, this place has been open for 10 years and it had some stuff that needed to get fixed and, you know, there's upkeep that happens. And, and so one of the, I guess, one of the cool parts about it is in a normal business, you can't just shut it down, right? right? You can't just shut down, hey, we're going to renovate. There's people that depend on that income for, you know, they got to make their their rent payment and pay for their car and all that stuff. So we can't just tell all our people, hey, go away for a little bit and come back when it's ready. So um, by being able to transition all of our people after COVID over to the burger bar um, and then, you know, saying, all right, let's do all the stuff we always wanted to do with the brew pub that we couldn't do before because we couldn't shut down for a prolonged period without affecting people's lives. Um, And so we just had to kind of wait for that right time. Um, and so we, we probably are a little late. We probably wanted it open maybe a year ago, but at the same time, like with all the things happening, whether it was staffing, you know, staffing crises that everybody was happening or COVID or whatnot, like, you know, we're happy to have it back and we're excited to see what people think. Why do you think this place resonates so much with people? Is it just timing of when it kind of, when, I mean, you guys, 10 years, I yeah. mean, that's a, that's, that's a long time for, like, I remember when Mount Carmel hit that 10 year point, I'm like, oh my God, like there's a brewery in Cincinnati that's been open for 10 years. Like that's, that's crazy. Like we're finally hitting like these numbers where, you know, it, it's, it's the same as big cities that have all these brewery, like, and now it's like you, it's starting to hit that point where we're going to see in the next few years where like you get these places that have been around for a long time, but in 2012, when you guys opened, there weren't a lot of places like it was, I was talking to somebody about it the other day that like, you know, when there was a new beer that was tapped somewhere, you went, like you went there to try the new beer. <laughs> like, and then like, that's, that's a crazy idea. Yeah, now. So yeah. there were a lot of people that were craft beer drinkers then that spent a lot of time in this building. Like, is that part of what, why people are so crazy about it? 
is that we're probably the worst people to ask, right? Like I, I, when I, when I say that, it's like, I, you know, I know what this building means to me and Max probably knows what it means to him. And what it means to us is different than what it means to the customers that walk through in the, in the, when, when I say that, what I mean is, is, you know, for us, it's about, you know, the operation and the people and the, and the opportunities that it creates for, um, for the customer. A lot of it's on, it's an emotional thing, right? Yeah. Like there's, uh, when you talk about us, we were probably like, what do you always call it? What second wave of craft beer? Uh, it's like the third wave of craft beer. Third wave. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, there's like the, the, the history of brewing in America and like mm -hmm. pre-prohibition or brewery on every corner. And then there was like that small boom in the nineties. Right. And then like, I consider this the third wave is, is that, would you agree? Yeah, or? I agree with that. Okay. But, and you guys were really in, here in Cincinnati, like really early on in that third wave though. So we, I, I, we were I, probably the, I mean, Scott was right before us with blank slate. Right. We've and used the number six before. Yeah, Cause I don't and, even know if that's right. That, but that like, is, that is partially uh, powered by Scott saying that he was number five. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know who it was. It was <laughs> There's, uh, I'd have to look at the list to see kind of what places are. In fact, I'm going to do that. But I don't, uh, don't want to try to name it because I don't want to forget somebody and feel bad about oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, wh what does this place mean? You talk about how it's different for you guys than for you know the craft beer drinkers that are excited about it. Like, what does it mean for both of you guys when you talk about um, this this building in this space? I, I mean, this is where we launched our like the idea of 50 West. I'll never forget opening 50 West and and like telling people like. I haven't opened a brewery and they're like, what's it called? And being like 50 West, is that good? <laughs> is that a good name or what? You know what I mean? Now, now it's like a thing. Like, like pe people know what that is. So, you know, we, this is where we like, this is like where we learned all of our stuff that we learned and made mistakes and, and had successes and, and stuff like that. So it's very, um, it's nostalgic. Right. It, it really feels it, you know, Max started off as a bus boy. Yeah, it's it's Max has done pretty much everything here at some point, right? <laughs> Basically, no, he uh, has. But he, but I want to say that he started off. Were you bus boy first or I, server? I think I was host first. You're host because well, I I started here before we had food. I don't know if people even remember that there was a point in Fifty West history where there was no food at right. the brew pub. We were just still working on the kitchen. It was the front porch of the house, and there was like a hole in the ground. Right. That was when I started, and. It was funny because it was just a bar, but there was a host, but Wit and probably Bobby felt really strongly about someone standing at the front. Um, Bobby feels really strongly about first impressions and, and your host greeting you properly. But um, I would just stand in front of the beer menu and be like, hey, what kind of beer do you want to drink? <laughs> and uh, kind of talk people through the options and um, get an idea from where they're at. Just because so many people would walk in expecting to be able to buy xyz you know domestic brewer sure. brand and we just only had our own beer um so we kind of did need something like that especially like a touch before the bartenders when we were that busy because it was like shoulder to shoulder in this room um but yeah it's it's hard to like quantify and put words to like how you feel about it uh but one like phenomena that i've seen here with people that less so um than i've noticed from just talking to friends and other brewers and such and i don't mean to disparage or take away from any other brewer but uh people like really are emotionally connected to this business like the employees that work here are feel very strongly about it well it's so it's similar to me when um and not to draw comparisons between you guys and rivertown but when rivertown left lockland and then cincy brewing company moved into that space in lockland the first time i walked in there and sat at the bar again and ordered a beer not the same beer not the same business nothing mm -hmm. was the same about it but it like that beer came across and I sat there and I was sweating a little bit because it was hot. And I remember that they don't have air conditioning. And like you start to re all those memories from that space start to come back. And it reminds you of that early time of drinking craft beer and the excitement of it and the, the, the feeling that you get. And like, it's the same here. Like, you know, I, before this closed down last time, like I had not been over here for a while. I'd been over to, to production yeah. works all the time. And then I came in here one night and I sat down and I got a beer and I, put it on the bar and I'm like, Oh, there it is. Like that, that feeling of being like a, like an early craft beer drinker, like it somehow takes you back. And like, that's, that's what it does for me. But, um, no, I think that's right though. Cause it was really, it was so, it was such like an ex exciting time and like it was exploration. Yeah. And, and like, that's a good way to describe it because there was like the same thing was happening at food with food at the time, right? Like the local food scene and the more farm right. to table and like scratch made stuff. Uh, restaurants were trying to deliver you this more like, um, like thoughtful yeah thoughtful flavor right so when it came to beverage it was like it was a little bit later right it was like one more step it was like hey now we're making you know your your alcoholic beers with you know your your friends and 
family and neighbors in the back brewing the beer and, and you know, we're delivering you these elevated flavors. Um, I think that like, yeah, a space that was doing it well in a comfortable setting that you created memories with friends, it'll, you know, if we can recall, help you recall those right. by serving you a right. beer in this space, uh, I think that, yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy your time here. Do you want to know my count of where you guys sit? So if we just count uh, tap rooms, because that's how I, I have it organized here, you're number 10 currently of the oldest. Now that's including places yeah. that have closed, oh, but that's, yeah, that's, yeah, counting, yeah. that's counting Miller up in Trenton. Oh, okay. Uh, so we, we take that on or off. Sure. Uh, Sam Adams, the uh, production facility, um, Hofbrauhaus. House. So I, I think we can probably knock those three off of there, which will put you guys at seven. Um, Mount Carmel. Oh no, BJ's Tri-County is on there because, and they're just a tap room, but they are craft beer technically. That puts you guys at six. So, but um, yeah, maybe so that's we'll say, we're coming up with six. We'll say Mount Carmel, Listerman, Great Crescent, yeah. Moorline Logger House, Cellar Dweller are the places that were open that are still open that were before you. Scott yeah. was open before us. He but still open. Yeah, yeah. He's going still open us. Yeah. Uh, places that have closed that were before you guys. Obviously, blank slate. Um, Moorline OTR. Technically, they were test batching up there before you guys opened. When, we were talking about when did Moorline open. 2011 was when they started test batching. Um, no, 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 no. When did the when did the Logger House open? The Logger House opened 2012. We um, opened. We I think we opened before the Logger House. Two five twelve. Yep, we opened November. No, they oh, no, 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 no. They were two five, and we were yeah. 11 tw yeah. 2012. That's right. Um, Quarter Barrel opened in 2010. There was Red Ear that was only open for like part of a year down in uh, Kentucky. Uh, Rivertown, obviously, and then there are a couple other weird ones that. Uh, you know, that, that Queen City brewery group that was opening all kinds of restaurants that had brewing licenses but never actually made beer, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's hard to count. It's hard to really <laughs> figure that out. It's, it's very confusing. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to still be here. And uh, yeah, it was uh, th this, this, it's nostalgic. I think if you ask us, so when we looked at this from a financial standpoint, like where I am in the business now, I have to look at these things, right? Like we sure. have to figure out ways to create growth and opportunities for people. This was not like a no brainer. This is not a money decision reopening this business. This was like an emotional decision. Well, I, and I'm, I'm not doubting that it was, but it does fill this gap for you guys. Like I, I love the burger bar. I love going over there and grabbing a burger, but it's not like that place that I'm going to oh. go with my wife and sit down and have food and be able to have, like, it's, we heard it a million times. And, you can't drink out of a glass. You can't, right. right? Like, the burger bar fulfills so many needs for so many people in so many unique ways, but it also has its gaps. Um, and that was really, the, that's what customers said. I just want to sit down inside the brew pub on a cozy, get a, warm get a day. Hellas, yes. Which we'll talk about in a second. And, and just, <laughs> and just, you know, do that, which is right. totally different than going to the burger bar. You run around with kids, dogs, runners, jumpers, bikers, what, you know what I mean? People playing volleyball. Um, so it fills that gap, but I think, you know, restaurants are very complex to operate, right? Uh, and they're not e they're not easy financially. It's not they're not. It's probably one of the harder businesses to figure out. But we knew that from an emotional standpoint, there were that our customers wanted to re see this again, right? And those people that our customers, they've supported us in a million different ways. Like you said, you'd go to, over to the burger bar, maybe somewhat begrudgingly, wishing you could be coming over <laughs> here, but you still came out and supported us, right? And and so I think there's a, you know, we have an appreciation to the people that have helped us get where we are and they wanted to see this real, but also within our own staff. Our, this is an important place to our staff. Sure. Um, it meant a lot. We've had people, you know, they got met here and got married. We've had, you know, best, a lot of people that have very close friendships were formed inside this building. Um, and so we heard that they wanted to, to see this place reopen. Um, and so we're excited to, to bring that back and, Talk about some of the changes you guys did make because it's not it's, you talked about it needing needing a little bit of a refresh. So obviously there's there's some some new paint, some new wallpaper, some some refinished floors. But like just how do you how do you take this this thing that is so nostalgic to the people that are coming here and then take it to that place that it needs to be to make it make sense now versus the way it was ten years ago? Uh, it was it was kind of a delicate process. Um. We, we worked with a company called Diggs um, and a woman named Christine, who's actually Bobby's sister-in-law. Um, but she's an interior designer and helped us um, kind of like ride this, this straddle, this line of like, hey, let's keep it, you know, because like Bobby was explaining, a lot of why we're, you know, the impetus for why we're doing what we are is, is um, filling this gap of like this need of, of 
uh, people wanted to sit down, but people were so emotionally connected to it and they loved it so much. Like I was a little afraid to like change it too much, you know? Uh, so we didn't knock down any walls. Um, I gave you a tour just a minute ago. And like I explained to you, it feels like a, a nicer version of what it was. Um, it was 10 years old. It had a ton of wear and tear on it. Um, uh, some of the pieces were a little bit bootstrapped. It was like, Hey, we didn't quite do this right. Let's do it right this time. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the best way I can describe it is it'll, it'll feel very familiar to people. The rooms are set up the same way. Some of the things are the exact same. You're sitting in the same chair. It just has a reupholstered seat to it. Um, you know, there, there are some bigger changes, you know, the bar top, the right. beer menu. Um, uh, I think the backsplash is, is an, um, kind of like grabs your eye. Uh, and you know, the bathrooms are pretty different. Um, the same setup, but like there's the decoration and the, 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 the design is different, but it'll feel very similar to people. They'll walk in here and it's, it's the same thing that they knew and loved. It's just like, Hey, there's a new color paint on the wall and it's all still like very pristine cause it's brand new. <laughs> well, I feel like there's a lot of breweries that would come back into a space like this, opening it back up and kind of lose sight of what it was. I mean, the, the personality of, of 50 West across the street is different than the personality of 50 mm -hmm. West when it opened in 2012. And I think it, it would have been kind of, it would have, it would have not surprised me if I walked in here and it was, you know, I don't know, pictures of volleyball players on the wall or something like that. I don't know <laughs> what that thing is, but, you know, some kind of thing that plays into that kind of that lifestyle thing that's over there because that makes sense. That's what you guys have kind of become over there. And that's what people, especially a lot of newer craft beer drinkers that have just discovered you guys in the last few years, like that's, that's who you are to them. But then there's, there's this other side that for some of us that this reminds us of what you were then. And so it's, 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 it's interesting and we, in a good way. <laughs> what we try to do with this space and what we tried to originally do with this space uh, was it, this one, this space really tells the the road trip story, right? Like right. The, the original branding story behind 50 West is like, hey, there's this incredible road right outside of, of this parking lot where if you drive left, you'll go all the way, to, you'll go on this incredible journey across America and you'll drive all the way to the ocean in either direction, right? right. Um, and so this space is still doing that. Um, we don't have all the, any of the art rather uh, on the walls yet, but the way that the menu's designed and the imagery on there and uh, the custom wallpapers that are up, uh, we're still trying to tell that piece of the story with this space. Right. Um, so especially when all the art gets on the wall, it's actually like all these cool vintage road trip photos um, that aren't up yet. But like before we had some photos that we took ourselves, um, the uh, like some of the logo elements that were on the wall were like a little they just got added over time and it got a little discombobulated. It was still the right. story we were trying to tell, but it wasn't refined. This is like a more refined approach at telling that story. So it definitely feels more grown up than it did before. Um, but I think to differentiate from the burger bar, it kind of like sh it should, right. uh, it's like, Hey, this is where you should come for a date night over there is where you should bring your kids and your stroller and your dog and like have a great time and drink, drink beers and, yeah. and just, do whatever you want over Sit here is like drink yeah over here is like <laughs> there's a nice patio here too hey get a babysitter bring bring your wife like have a date night right. um so yeah uh for that reason we've got you know the full bar still but there's like some featured cocktails on there that are a little more grown up um there's a there's a full wine list that uh it's probably more extensive than a brewery needs at this point uh but it's it's i think as breweries especially brew pubs become evolve yeah, evolved to become more like restaurants. Uh, you really need all this stuff, right? Like all the beers are our own beer still, right? But like the, you can't really go to a restaurant I, and expect them to have two wines. I don't think you need, like, I don't think you need it. Like that's, and this, you guys are the perfect kind of picture of that, of these, these three very different types of spaces that, you know, if you, if you want to come and sit down and have a glass of wine and have a nice wine, so you come here. If you just want to go and grab a burger and a beer, you yeah. go over there and like it's, you get these very different types of, um, especially between the burger bar and here, these two very different types of, of kind of brew pub atmospheres that both are, are valid things and both have people that like, this is what I want. And it's, it's, it's awesome that you guys, especially right across the street from each other, have both of those sides of personalities of what a brew pub is today. It's, um, the, I think that there's a lot of people now that, think they need to be everything 
Um, and well, I mean, I guess you guys are, but <laughs> but think they think their space, their like we'll say one one spot has to fit into everything that people are are looking for. And I think that as as beer does keep evolving, yes, there there are people that want everything. There's a there's a person that wants this, and a person that wants this, and a person that wants this. But they also want their space that is that they don't want to go to the place that's catering to everybody they want to go to their space still and like it it's hard for some places to figure out like they try to wrap it all into one spot and it doesn't doesn't work a lot of people don't have a, a compound <laughs> we've just we've seen evolution I, I think back to like when restaurants first existed and i'm sure when they first came out the first one was just like we serve food right right <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> right. And then somebody was like, we're going to do pizza. Right. <laughs> and, and that, like, it sounds ludicrous to think that, like, but like, so I think you're seeing that with in, inside the brewery space, there's been a lot of evolution to the benefit of everybody. Right. Like, right. that's, it's, uh, when it first opened, it was just like, like you said, people were rushing to try a new beer. Now that sounds kind of ludicrous to think that you would try to, you know, oh my gosh, they just came out with you know, the amount of new beers that come out every week. The idea that I don't think the, that's possible. The Not, idea that we're, we're in a city like Cincinnati where there can be a place like urban artifact that only makes, not only only makes sour beer, but only makes heavily fruited sour beer. Yeah. That's their thing. So, and, and that, that they were exist. so smart when they did that. I remember but, them doing that and being like, dude, that's so smart. Like that's, but, and as I think as the beer scene keeps growing and as craft beer keeps find, growing, you get these, these opportunities to just, do your thing. And maybe it's as a brewery having a location that does this and a location that does this and one that does this, maybe it's just like, this is, this is what I want to do. And this is going to be our one spot that just does this. And I think that that's part of, like I said, this was the nostalgic decision by us. It was an emotional decision. You know, our future growth is not in building more brew pubs, right? right. right? Like that's, but we know that this space means something to a lot of people. Uh, because it meant something to him 10 years ago and it's, it's nostalgic in that way. I mean, when you first came into here, you weren't a dad, right? No, <laughs> right. Think about, it. think about how much your life has changed before <laughs> when you first came in here and, and now today. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's fun for people to go and, and think about that and go, Oh God, I remember going in when I came in here before. Yeah. I don't have a worry in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't newlywed though. I think there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, that's so crazy. that's uh, I think that's that's a piece, and th- th- this will mean it's going to mean a lot to a lot of different people, and and hopefully, you know, when people walk through here, the way that we execute the beer menu, the way we execute the food, you know, the cocktails, all the things that we have to offer, that'll um, continue to lead them back. They'll say, hey, that's a that's a good space for me to fill right. this need, whether it be date night or wh- whatever it is right. that that it's going to become. I'm coming here just for the slow poured lagers. There you go. That could be it, right? <laughs> we, we, got, we got two faucets. So there's a, there, right now. There's a Schwartz beer and a Hellas. Oh, don't go across the street. You can't, you can't get that across the street. <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk kind of about the future of Fifty West and kind of how everything goes. But I, I want to talk about the food here first because. Uh, that is a big. I know that some people kind of shy away from talking about the fact that food is important in a brew pub, uh, especially the beer geeks. I'm talking to all of you who are grumpy about that for some reason. But uh, food is important, and it is definitely a big part of what this is. You guys, you guys nailed an absolute gem of a chef to to kick this food program off here. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about how that factors into it. What it is. What people can expect when they come in here. Do you want to go? You take it. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, it's a very important part of a brew pub. It defines what a brew pub is versus just a tap room. Uh, you've got to serve food, and um, like we talked about prior, it's it it's got to be a different kind of menu because uh, we already have the burger bar right across the street. They're right. very close. This has to be like a very different thing. Our target customer uh, is the same people that are going over there, but without their kids, kind of thing, right? So, um, like, what do the those adults, when they get adult time, uh, when you want to use a fork, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what do they want on this menu? Right. So we started, uh, looking at different executive chefs, um, Jackson Rouse applied, uh, and we started a conversation with him. Um, it went really well, uh, and eventually, yeah, brought him on and started teaching him the brand. Um, over a series of a few days, I kind of explained as much as I could about like what 50 West is. Um, and then he, took that idea and created a menu that, um, so the menu, it doesn't, 
there's just not enough real estate on the piece of paper to be able to explain what every dish is. But there's actually a story behind every single one of um, how it relates to a road trip across route, route 50 primarily, but mostly just across the US. He's doing this like tastes of local regions sort of thing. Okay. Um, and it's actually below you here. Let me grab it. Uh, it's, uh, I know this is a big piece of, this is basically the number one question that we've gotten since uh, we've announced that the brew pub is reopening. It's like, can I see the menu? <laughs> um, we're not actually ready to unveil it to anyone yet other than at these soft openings. Um, so uh, yeah, um, we've got, there's like a appetizer section, soup, salad, sandwiches, and then like larger plates. Right. Um, and yeah, Jackson is absolutely killing it back there. Um, I was as part of the interview process, actually, uh, just to tell a little story. Jackson um, had offered to, you know, before he got hired, have Bobby and I out to his house and like have a meal with him where he would like course it out and he was going to serve wine and beer and God, stuff paired with it. And I thought that was a really cool <laughs> offer and I kind of wanted to take him up on it, but we never ended up doing it. And then he like had been messing around in the kitchen, but it was, you know, it's been hard to get food and stuff like that, you know, with all the supply right. chain stuff. Um, eventually in and his equipment was still kind of like coming in in pieces and getting fixed. It was all, you know, there was, there was some work to be done in the kitchen to get it all operational. And so once he was finally able to really like survey dish, we had, we're running really the soft, the first soft opening night. And, uh, we just did it and I didn't eat anything cause I was more worried about like right. food going out and then, then, and it didn't go super well. And then <laughs> Friday, the next night, uh, was going as smooth as it could. It was the biggest turnaround that I've ever seen. Thursday or Friday night, they like fixed every issue that was happening on Thursday and Friday was just running like a dream. So I was like, all right, I'm actually going to like order one of these things. And, um, I had some of this food and I had a few bites of like a few things and it's, it's all really good. Like the, I'm, I'm a foodie, uh, huge, and huge foodie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if I go on vacation, I like the whole time I'm just seeking out, uh, like, like my, the last trip I went on was to Austin, Texas. And the whole time it was just like, all right, when I wake up in the morning, which of these like four coffee shops that I researched am right. I going to first? And then I'm getting breakfast tacos. Cause that's what they're known for. And it's like, there's 12 places that I want to go. Like, which one? so the whole time I'm just like curating beer and food and, cocktails and dinner around i always gotta the hardest part is like i, I gotta find an activity to do in the middle because you can't just eat the whole time <laughs> um, <laughs> you get sick though if you do yeah, i've done it it's like, worth you it. eventually get sick <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh the, the all i'm trying to say is uh the flavor like uh, like like quality and like impact that he's making with these dishes is actually incredibly impressive like for what it like, for instance, like not to like, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, spoil anybody's um, delight here when they first see the menu. But like there's a there's a hot chicken on here. It's an awesome hot chicken. The the pimento cheese and the the pickles do something for the acidity that really like because hot chicken is um, fried chicken. But the 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 heat comes from um, the spice being in the oil. Right. right. Like it's tossed in oil. So it can be like a real fatty and oily like you need something acidic to kind of like cut through it. And a lot of times it's just pickles, but he made that pimento cheese kind of acidic. So when you bite into it, you get this like creamy thing that, that makes like, it's a, it's a, it makes the bite feel really good with the bread and the, and the texture of the chicken. Cause the right. chicken's crunchy, but then like it gives you some acid and then the pickles give you more acid and it's like, so does the cabbage and it's, I don't know. It's it's a really cool sandwich. There's um, I'm very impressed by all this food. Well, you go to some places that talk about having, you know, you know, or elevated pub food or whatever people want to, you know, tag it as. And then you walk in like, yeah, the food's fine, but like you can tell that it's just like, it's not that thought out. It's like, oh yeah, great. You put a big pretzel on your menu. Like, good job. Like it's, it's like, it, it takes more, more to it than that. And like, uh, I think that it's become kind of, a, I don't want to say the brew pubs are a dime a dozen these days, but uh, there's a lot of them and it's hard for all of them to, to be great. Well, and I think that it all, that, that, I mean, the, the beer is obviously very important, but I think it starts in that kitchen. Like I think it, to, to, to make something that kind of gets people to remember their meal uh, is what separates a brew pub from whatever else we want to call those other places. <laughs> I think what you're getting at too is like something that I learned when having a conversation with Bobby about like what this menu should be. Cause he and I had a conversation about, um, like, 
hey, what kind of instruction should we give Jackson so that he goes in the right direction? Because he's like yeah. such a talented chef. He can basically do whatever we want him to do. And um, yeah, it, it became this conversation of like, okay, well, what is the right menu? So then I just started researching restaurants that like I think do a really good job. And mostly what you find is I think what you were just um, – you know, kind of getting at, which is like all the great restaurants that I can find online that I look up to is like, they just choose a theme and they kind of stick to it. And it's like, they do their thing really well. And you can't really copy them. You can't right. pull things off their menu and be like, oh, we'll serve that too. It's like, it doesn't work. That's their thing. So then the conversation kind of changed to like, okay, well, what's our thing going to be? And then it was kind of obviously right in front of our face where it was like, oh, like, let's just continue this brand story that we have right. where it's like, hey, this is a journey across Route 50 um, and across America. So that's really what this is trying to accomplish. So if you see at the bottom, there's like a little note and then this top like kind of imagery is supposed to like hopefully get your mind in the right place. And then you'll start to notice some of the things on the menu. Yeah. We could be a little bit more obvious potentially with yeah, some of them. But it doesn't have to be. It's 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 obvious across the street at the burger bar when you walk up and it has burgers, but yeah. every burger has a state associated. Yeah, like that's, yeah. And there were, you guys have done some beer dinners that kind of did that too, where it was uh, you right. know, these different stops along the route. And like that's it can be obvious, but I like this because uh, as you start sitting again, the conversation around beer and around your meal and stuff, you're sitting and you're talking about it. And like maybe that comes up and you're like, oh, where, where does this fit into that? Where is this, you know, kind of sure. inspired by and. Um, I like it. Uh, the hush puppies have me excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good. Yeah. Again, not to spoil anything. Everybody it's, should still come out here. And, it's uh, all in that sauce. Um, the saw, the, the dipping sauce with it is like makes the whole dish. The, the hush puppies awesome. are, they're really pretty and they're, they're hush puppies, but the sauce like takes it to a whole I, other I, place. With that, it's time to thank our show's sponsor, which is Manscaped.com. And since it's the new year, uh, you know that we could make some kind of cheesy joke about balls. Uh, you know, because the ball drop it. You get it. Uh, I won't do that. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to make ball jokes, but uh, not specifically that one. Uh, either way, happy new year from our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, the ball has officially dropped. Oh, they did put it in there. Uh, the ball has officially dropped. That doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you have... Man... I love it. I love, I love a good ball joke. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for much for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code GNOME for 20% off plus free shipping. Let's have a toast for a new year and a new you. Now, you guys know how I feel about manscaped.com at this point, right? Uh, these are products that I use, that I love, and that I think should definitely become a part of your daily routine. It doesn't matter if you have nuts or not, there are plenty of things that these folks sell on their website that you'll, you'll get value out of. From their wet goods like 2-in-1 shampoo, their ultra-premium body wash, their body deodorant, all the way down to like their this thing called the body buffer. It's a tool. It's a it's a it's a manly loofah, or not manly. If if you're not a man, you could still use it. It's a it's a shower scrubber. It's the body buffer. Uh, don't be afraid to jump on. Just check out what they have on the website because there's a ton of stuff there that I think a lot of people don't know about. Uh, on that note, it is a good time to do just that. Jump on the website and check it out. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code GNOME. That's G-N-O-M-E. It's time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. Back to the show. I, one other thing you didn't really touch on, we did a great job of describing you know, the menu and where we got there, but I, I think... Jackson's energy was really something that but we just jived. Like you, you sit down, we sat down with him and it was like, this guy's got the right energy. He's got the right disposition. It just, it, it felt right. Um, and he's an amazing chef and he, he's going to put out outstanding food. But I think it starts with the energy and disposition that he has. And I think that he's a, he's a great leader and somebody that people want to be around. Right. Um, and I think when you, when you're able to find people like that, um, it just tends to lead. If we were to sit here and say, why has 50 West been around for 10 years? It's been because we've been able to find a lot of people like that, that, that have good energy, that have the right intentions that have sort of done this. And so he was a good fit for us and allowing them to, to, to do to, their to thing, fit in. right? Like that, that, that's also hard. Some places to, for, like you, you, you get somebody to come along and, um, and join the team. And then you kind of tell them what they're supposed to do. And like, Oh, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> and well, not I, that they won't do it well, but like you're missing the point of getting that person on board. And that's what we talked about with Enyu. We're just like, look, we like this guy's energy. We like the way he talks. He's he, when I say talk, he's he's speaking the same language. Like him and Max could sit there all day and talk about like, whoa, I went to so and so and blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> Um, but, nerd talk is what we would call it. <laughs> foodies. I don't, it, but they, um, that part felt really good. Um, and so rather than tell them, Hey, we need you to have this menu. It was just like, Hey, we have some parameters for what we want this menu to be. We're trying to keep it within a certain price range. Right. Um, we want it to be, uh, approachable for the average consumer. Like we're not out here. We can make you the best food in the world, but if it costs a hundred dollars a plate, like that's a different customer right. than somebody that's coming in expecting to spend 20, 25 bucks. Right. Um, so that, that, those were, those were sort of parameters we put in. And then we just said, Hey, you do what you do best and, and let's see how it goes. And so far, I think everybody's been pretty happy. Well, ultimately the time and, and customers will be the one that'll tell us and we'll be finding out tomorrow when we open. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make adjustments. We'll listen tomorrow. Time is weird in podcast world. Oh, this post on we'll Monday. Find, you you will, found out. We've already, I already know <laughs> future me. We open on January 4th. Uh, and we on the seventh, we're actually having a big, like more grand opening party. Uh, we'll be, the doors will be open on the fourth. You can just walk in here. We're gonna start serving dinner Wednesday through Sunday over here. Um, so Monday and Tuesday will be closed. Wednesday through Sunday we'll have dinner. Saturday and Sunday we'll have brunch. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll be open. Our hours will be on our website um, or um, you know on the door if you just walk in. We're gonna take reservations too um through open table it's not quite set up yet um right. so hopefully by the time you hear this podcast it is set up and you can take a reservation um but yeah it's uh it's gonna be open we're excited about it it is it's really exciting to me and I, I i still can't wrap my head around if i'm just excited about the nostalgia about just being back in here again or if it goes into something deeper about places that kind of understand who they are and watching them grow and like it's a uh, I don't, I don't know. I can't figure it out. <laughs> how does, uh, to, to jump topics again, um, how, how do you direct 50 West as it keeps growing and keeps evolving you? There was a kind of a big splash there as you guys started, uh, uh, distro a little heavier. And, um, this, this, uh, this, this idea that 50 West is going to kind of explode and just kind of grow into this thing. And, uh, you know, with kind of the focus here at the brew pub, we see more of a focus back here again. And um, how does, what is 50 West going forward? I guess is the easy. Do you have the answers now? Do you know? I don't know. Future me? Do you, <laughs> you figure this out? Uh, I, you know, moving all of us in the craft beer world are looking at that right now. I mean, right. you've seen, you've seen declines on the distribution. Um, for what, what, what was the national number at? Do you remember? Uh, I forget, but like the, the, the storyline that craft beer is facing right now is, um, you know, basically there's declines across retail, right? Distributors are buying less of the product to uh, then send it to retail. Um, because of that, scan data is really low on craft beer. So right. when the re the resets come around at chain retailers, like craft beer is going to get cut. Um, we're going to look at like, we're looking at a down period for craft coming um, in now, the near future. Now, and we're in it. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's not this has happened before it'll happen again. I think w when you ask like what direction does 50 West look at going, I think one of the things that, that we're very fortunate for is we've got, we're in a lot of different buckets, right? right. So we've had the ability to be able to say, Hey, if distribution's going to be down for a little bit, let's, let's invest more in this side of it and, and see success. Um, so we've been very fortunate in that way. I think the, the future of 50 West, I don't think there's one, um, one specific thing where we're saying, oh, we're going all distro or we're going all brew pubs. Um, I think we're going to continue to try to attract really good people. Um, and we're going to be, you know, flexible with how the, what happens, you know, in the world and, and, and adapt. I mean, Max Ben, you helped us with all that distro growth. I mean, he, he literally was the one driving all of that, all that happening. And then, you know, what'd you focus the last five months on a, a brew pub. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, like, I, and that's not to say that tomorrow he's not going to go back on the other right. side. I think we all understand, um, you know, the, the goal with any company is to create opportunities for others and to be able to grow. And the only, only way everybody wants to know, you know, tomorrow's gonna be better than today. And so if you're, I think if we're too set and Hey, it's either this way or we die or whatever, like it, we wouldn't be in the position that we are today where we're continuing to grow, continuing to show, opportunities within our own business and things like that. Well, I think it's, it's very interesting that you say that the, the, the point of a business is to create opportunities for others, because I've talked to a lot of people that own businesses that 
the first thing that they would say, well, the point of the business is profit. You know, you have to. You have to well, so, so profit's an interesting thing because profit but, creates opportunity, but right? First, you said opportunity. Like that yeah. was the first. That's interesting. That's just, I mean, that's just, I think that people mistake, it might just be a word mistake. I mean, when you're running the business, you probably. Oh, I don't think it's a mistake at all. Uh, I don't, I, <laughs> profit's such a, it's such a, it's such a, um, a tricky word right. because you can view it as like, oh, ever, anybody's only worried about profit, but profit creates opportunities. And, and trust me, I've ran a business without a lot of profit before. Right. It's very stressful. It's very stressful. It's very hard. There's not a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of hope. Um, and, and when you're able to create profits, that creates the, that creates opportunities. Right. Um, but I know, you know, I've worked, I always think about this, like, you know, I'm in a different position today, but when I was working for a company in my early twenties, all I wanted to know was like, how do I get to the next level? Right. Right. Like, how do I, how do I get to that next level? And when you, um, when you can create opportunities that motivates people and it makes them want to be the best they can be. And they come to work happy and they come to work motivated and they're proud of what they want to do. And so, that's what we really look for. It's a big weight to carry on your shoulders, though, too, knowing that people are relying on this as as this is their thing that kind of fuels their life, too. You know, like it's uh, um, I think that there are a lot of people that that kind of lose sight of that. And um, it changes the it changes the soul of what a place is. And I, I have been impressed watching 50 West over the years um, manage to still have the soul that it started out with like that. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there's places that have lost that. <laughs> Yo, I mean, <laughs> we've, we've changed it. dramatically from, of course, from so where we were. Oh, some, yeah. of it, some of it is, you know, some of it's, it stinks that you can't just sit here and drink a beer anytime when you're at work. So, you know, that, when we first started, <laughs> it was just chaos. Right. But it, as you grow, you run into different problems. You have different things happen. You have to, you have to shift or whatnot. But I think the end, the end goal, and, and, and I'm very fortunate to, to be in the position I am in my life. And, and that is to create opportunities for others. And right. I, if I do that and I spend all my time figuring out how are we going to consistently do that? Then I think whenever I move on to whatever the next life is or whatever, um, I, I can look back and say, Hey, I, I, I took care of others. We created those opportunities and we, we were impactful and, and made people feel important. Like that's, right. That's, I think anybody that owns a business that should be their driving force. It should be. Um, otherwise, like figure out how to do one of those Macs. Probably tell you. There's like one person companies that, <laughs> really want to tell me about that? What? There's companies that like, th there was like an article the other day about uh, people that run single person companies. Right. So it's just you. Right. That's, 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 that's my you. World. It's your world. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but okay. So that's your world. Right. Right. And, and so like in that instance, there's a different motivating factor. When you have people that once somebody comes to work for you, your responsibility for as a business changed dramatically. Well, it's to, like even even me though, even with a single person company, like I don't go to work to 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 do anything except for you know worry about my family. Like it's about my wife and my kids, and like I, if, it, if they didn't exist, man, I, my life would be very you'd still look different. I, I bet you'd still do it though. I would still do it, but it would look different. Yeah, like it becomes about them. Do, do you have different becomes, needs? Yeah, it becomes but, about the, I, the choices I make and the decisions that I that I that I make are very much directed by them versus just me. Yeah. Whereas you talk to some people and, and maybe they don't really understand what's happening in their brain, but like it's the first thing out of their mouth is not another person. It's, it's, you know, it's them. And there's a lot yeah. of that, that's becoming a more normal thing in the craft beer industry versus what it was maybe 10 years ago. Maybe it's I, just the perspective. I don't, you, but, you talk to a lot more people in the industry than I do, but I, I talk I, to a lot of, but you talk to a lot of people. Not, not, not as much as you do. I, I mean, I talk to people at 50 West. I mean, that's really my world. But um, I think if you look back at the people that were in, have been in craft beer in Cincinnati, I really think there's a lot of companies, a lot of brew. And I say companies, not breweries. Cause I, I, you know, some of us would get frustrated in the brewery world of just like, <laughs> look, we're, it, it, it's viewed differently, but a company, you know, a right. company means, you know, we take care of people. We have an obligation to help them in their lives and whatever. Um, if you look at the companies in Cincinnati over the course of the year, I think there's been a lot of very good brewery companies with the intention of helping people grow and they've created opportunities for people. And I think that that's something it'd be nice for somebody to really focus on that and look at. It. I mean, there's a lot of very solid breweries here that, that oh, absolutely. Aren't, don't just absolutely. exist to get drunk. Don't just exist to purely make money. Like, exists with the point with the purpose of doing doing more do you do you think that you know you know if you take a percentage of places that exist do you think it's more common now or less common now for the looking out for people um to be the the, the standard i don't i it, 
that's a tough, I mean, I think that starts with the people that are getting into the business and what their intents are. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer. Right. I, know, I know that, you know, I think people saw success. Typically when you see a successful company, you say, Hey, I want to get into that. Right. Why do you want to get into that? Oh my God. I just drove by 50 West and there's a million people down there. You know, they've got to be making so much money. Right. That's, that might be a distraction for some people where they see that and say, Hey, this is a great business model. We should get into this. Um, but I think anybody that's in business, your ability to stick around has less to do with your ability to create profits and more to do with your ability to create opportunities. And the two go hand in hand. The two go hand in hand. If you don't have profits, profits, you don't have opportunities. Use this. When we first opened the space, we couldn't afford to finish the front rooms or the bathrooms. We just ran out of money. Right. So we never did it, right? We figured out a way to create profits. We reinvested those profits back. When we redid the brew pub, we, we did what we wanted to do. And before, it's not that we didn't want to make the front entrance nice, like, we would have much rather had anything other than like dingy carpet up there, but we just ran out of money on the, on the budget when we were going through it. And so we kind of right. had to say, Hey, we didn't get to do this anymore. So now you're going to get to walk into a brew pub. It probably means nothing to 99.9% .9 of the people that, that walk through the door. But to us, you not getting to walk through dingy carpets is like, a, you know, that's, that's because people supported us. That's because we were able to create a company that created profits that we're able to reinvest back in the business. So, right. Just, is what it is. An interesting conversation. <laughs> it though, is interesting. Profit for opportunity. I appreciate you recognizing <laughs> well, that. But, but like I, you know, I, there are times where like it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't register in my head when I'm talking to somebody that that was, that the, that focus was very different. But then I talk to somebody else like you guys and I'm like, oh, oh, that other person, like, oh, oh, that was not at all the direction that they went with their, their, their answer to something. So it's, it's interesting. It's hard sometimes to understand people because uh, and there's there's a lot of people that are very good salespeople and they put on some kind of a, a, a front when you talk to them and um, then like when you start to really dig in and you start to pick out things they emphasize and you start to see the other side of them so i mean it's all different i i, I there every day in my life i question whether i'm a good guy or a bad guy i, I don't know i i, 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 I ask that question of like am i am i good am i bad what am i uh, it's it's all perspective at the end of the day, but there we, are a lot of people that don't explore that every day. They yeah. don't even look at it. Yeah. <laughs> just, they just assume that oh, I'm the best guy ever. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> definitely not. That's interesting though. Like I, and I, um, man, that's a, that's a deep conversation that is, uh, yeah, no, if you want to go down that road, that's, I, I've been working a lot on this. <clears> I want to talk about beer. Yes. How does, uh, so looking at the beer list here, um, how does this, or does it differ from how it looks across the street? Uh, how, how, how does that kind of factor into, um, the brew pub versus the the burger bar versus distro versus whatever. Yeah, the most noticeable difference when you walk into the space is that there's 24 taps over here. There's only 16 at Production Works and then 16 uh, in Chillicothe, 16 in um, in uh, the burger bar as well. So uh, 24 over here, you get a few extra beers. Um, two of the faucets are um, slow pour faucets. We used to feature a nitro faucet over here. We took it down uh, and replaced it with a second slow pour. So um, yeah, now we got two slow pours. We're going to serve um, our vodka seltzers over here. So um, it's kind of a project that we haven't made yeah, too much thing noise. that's the people haven't really talked about yet. No, we we, we didn't promote it at all. Um, it's been uh, undercover. It still kind of is, um, but we're playing with... We do have a distillery license, um, a distiller's license rather, um, over here. Um, we have for a while. How many years do you think we've had it? Longer than like RTDs were even a thing, yeah. but we just didn't do anything with the license. Um, uh, we were using our wine license only. We have a wine license too, but only to make the cider. Um, so we've got like non-beer options over here. We're going to have uh, vodka sel based seltzers. Um, we're going to have uh, all of our small batch beer, which is coming from uh, the brewery running out of this building, the brewery running out of Chillicothe. Um, and then we're going to have all of our production beers, you know, being made across the street, um, as well as uh, hard lemonade and cider. So I uh, kind of jumped around a little bit there, but um, RTD hard seltzer, hard lemonade, um, cider, and then a bunch of beer, including like our small batch beers that are just the one and done fun stuff. Um, in the height of the market, um, you know, season where, you know, during the summer, we're making probably, let's call it three turns out of three small batch beers out of here and then one and a half and, you know, out of Chillicothe. So at any given week, you should see like four new beers on our menu. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's like the biggest difference. And then, you know, what we decide to make in distro for the year is like a bigger conversation. We can get into that if you want, but that's, 
when you walk in, if we're talking about the pub, like when you walk into the space, that's like the most noticeable differences I think you'll see is there's a little bit more beer. Oh, and we're serving it out of glassware. Glassware is a big thing. Glassware, yeah. the flooring. Yeah. I mean, I also think they're in, um, you get into like barrel aging stuff, you know, that's something this makes us a little bit more, um, wanting to do more of it. Right. It's discouraging for the guys to think like, we're going to put a barrel aged beer and then put it over at the burger bar and you're going to drink it out of a plastic cup. <laughs> not that it's, not that it's, you know what I mean? But, but, but like this space sort of encourages that and says yeah. like, Hey, how do we fulfill that need? There's going to be people walking through the door that want to see products like that. Um, and so it presents itself a lot better over on this side, um, as opposed to across the street, not that across the street is a terror. You know, if you want to go there with your kids and, and a dog or whatever, it's, and it's just, it's different. It's good. It's just different. <laughs> right. right. As opposed to over here, what it, it'll feel more, you know, valued, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's presentation of it. We, we were, we were actually concerned. One of the funny things, if you want to know, like, you know, biggest difference, we had to have a conversation with our brewers about how we were going to handle the happy hour because what do we have like 11 seats at the front and we were concerned that like six of them were going to be our brewers getting <laughs> off work and that there was going to be no bar seating because they were all, they were all so excited them. to go you know right. drink beer out of a glass in that spot so i think that probably is the biggest statement about what's the different you know if all of our brewers are, are that excited to be able to kind of buckle down over here um that's you know the other thing is like you can't really pull a chair up i mean you can do it over at, at production works but they uh but yeah, it's just the idea of of pulling a chair up and, and being right. able to enjoy a beer out of glass. That's that's really the biggest. Well, it's just it's it's this the, the personality of it is you know again not to take away from the burger bar like there are times where that is exactly what you need and then there's times where you need to kind of sit down and you know to call back to that Budweiser commercial you need to fuss over your beer a little bit and need to kind of dive into yes. it and yes. like it's, uh, it's a whole want. different thing like yes yes um, they're both important. Um, but, if we can go like bigger picture a little bit, uh, craft beer, what gets you excited about where craft beer is today or maybe where it's headed or um, Cincinnati or even bigger? You want me to answer that? You or, or what gets you, I, not, I, I, what, what makes you not excited? I mean, we can, we can both take a stab. Uh, the, like we said before, craft is about to like, is entering, if not already entered like a, a depression, right? Uh, it's, it's not selling as well as it once did. Um, we've been through a few of these peaks and valleys, but we're, I think entering a valley that looks worse than, you know, the, there was the, there was the initial like gold rush, right. Where right. like craft beer was like at its peak. Um, and then it kind of normalized. And now we're like, it seems like uh, drinkers are less interested. Uh, and whether that's like, it's just uh preference change. I think like people are just more open to, um, you know, changing their preference during certain occasions. It, you know, the, the, it seems like, um, the data that like, you know, is talked about through all the industry rags and the, you know, that Nielsen and IRI and the Brews Association chair, um, it's, it's basically showing that like the attendance at brew pubs and breweries and microbreweries around the country is basically the same. It's pretty stable. People are still going to the spaces right. and they're drinking just as much craft beer as they were inside those spaces as, um, they ever were in this kind of second piece of craft beer, right? Post gold rush. Right. Um, but the, when they go out to bars and restaurants or to the grocery store, they're buying less of it. Um, their, their, their preferences start to diverge once they get outside of one of these right. spaces. Um, so I think like what gets me excited is, you know, this, this happened maybe two years ago. Uh, was it, I think it was 2019 when we won that award for, rising star mm -hmm. uh we we went out to california we got an award from um uh brewbound, brewbound for uh being a rising star of the industry and at that conference i was the first time i really heard brewers like very openly talk about um making other products considering considering their, themselves like beverage companies more than just breweries right. um talking about they 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 were very it was the conversation was like very freeing um, and I think that that's really this like next piece of craft beer and, and you have to keep to your identity. So I, I want to, uh, 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 reference that or, or preface that rather, um, before I say this is that like, you, you can't just do whatever you want as far as offering new products. It has to like be representative of your brand and who you are and who you want to be in the marketplace. Um, right. so you can't just do anything, but this next piece is like, 
you're gonna you've already seen a lot of it right we launched the hard lemonade uh braxton's been doing the seltzers for a long time and has done uh even more than that since um uh ryan guys did the rg bev stuff Mantry with the rtds like it's all like starting to we're all looking at these different spaces that, that ryan guys tea is insane by the way it's so good uh i've only had it once I <laughs> yeah it. yeah i had uh, it at the i think i texted you when i drank it yeah at the, i was at the bearcats game and yeah yeah. So like everybody's kind of exploring these. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of that. that made more sense here in my mind. <laughs> I think we all got to continue to like be innovative, um, and launch new products and, um, and do it like have them, have them like succeed or fail quickly. Right. right. Just like get them, get new stuff out into the marketplace, see what people like, what they dislike and, and adapt to the consumer's change, um, in preference. Uh, I think that that's like going to be, with us, like I said before, we have all three licenses. So as right. long as we're like continuing to innovate and bring stuff to market that people can potentially like and follow the trends, um, hopefully, we want like we start to offer a set of things. You know, I know I know it'll work here. Hopefully, one of those things catches fire there too. Uh, we'll always continue to make great beer. I'm actually the, mo the thing I'm most excited about in 2023. The product that we're launching is a beer product. It's like and it's like a kind of an old school beer product. It's like uh, something that I hope people look at and say, that's what I would have drank in 2008. Right. But we're kind of like, we're going to do it in a modern take. And that, I'm actually more excited about that than any other beer that uh, we're going to launch. You, my mind is going a couple different directions right now. So, I mean, the, 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 overall, like I think you have to not be afraid to, you talk about innovation and trying new things and being willing to try new things. I think you have to be ready to do that. And a lot of places, um, are stuck in this thing of just trying to follow some kind of big trend that they see and like, Oh, people want seltzers. I have to make seltzers. I think, no, you can release a hard lemonade because it makes more sense for what you do. And you have to be willing to try that. And, um, I think sometimes people don't get that, but I, I'm curious too, as you were talking, my, my mind was going in this other direction. Do you think that craft beer itself is what caused consumers to be more divergent with their choices at the store or when they're, when they're taking something home or just in their drinking habits, like this idea of like your no. drink, your, your, your drink isn't just aside a to the other things that are happening around you. It becomes this, this star of stuff and you're willing to try new flavors and being more curious about flavors, more curious about stuff. Like, uh, I, 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 I think, I think craft beer might've gotten that snowball rolling. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think it was seltzer um that that caused everyone to diverge mm -hmm. um even like pre-seltzer it, it could have been like that like there was like products like that natterdays product just did, did craft beer cause seltzer or did like bud light cause no seltzer? I, I think craft beer no, opened they, up people to all these different flavors yes. right it was these people that like didn't they didn't know all the flavors existed and then we showed them that all the flavors existed and then once they had their palates kind of in tune they could kind of try all these other things and then find occasions for them right so it was just like when you this all these people might not have been open to the idea of seltzer until we kind of we 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 got like the it's like a ketchup bottle that won't open yeah, like like, but like he, well, you think about when we first when this place first opened and people would be like they they'd come in and try like a beer that like an IPA or a mm -hmm. stout I'm like this doesn't taste like beer <laughs> that sounds ludicrous right now right. but that that was that was like a serious thing like people were like no I just want a beer I don't want, I don't just give me a beer. They're saying that. And what they're saying is they want something that tastes, they want a light lager, right? right. Cause we were so accustomed. That was the only thing it could taste like. And then everyone started to naturally understand that there was bigger flavor profile to beer. And, and so you're basically saying is then once they understood that there were these different flavors that they could enjoy, that's what seltzers really brought on. Right. Was, right. was had there just been, let's say we, let's say we lived in the world where it was just light beer, go back to 2000 and, whatever that was not that long ago, like 10, yeah, whatever. So, so, so that they would, it, it, that world, a seltzer would have been introduced and it would have probably just been like seltzer. White Claw was introduced in 2008. Was it really? It just sat there. It just sat. I remember drinking one and being like, it tastes kind of good. Just sat. I, sat I seriously, so I remember long. drinking it and like, it was like a joke. Somebody bought it as a joke and I drank it and I was like, I actually kind of like this. <laughs> See, I, I, most seltzers, I just, I can't get past all the other flavors that are going on that I don't so, want so, in it. I want vodka based. There seltzer. was probably, I don't know, two summers ago. I, if I was on a boat, I just want to drink a seltzer. That's all <laughs> I wanted. And now I don't know what happened. It changed. I don't, I like, don't really, I don't really, um, like RTDs appeal to me more. Yeah. Um, they, they but like sit, seltzer, seltzers like have too. some, it's like, like, I don't, 
I remember it, we were, we were every year where our family goes away, like we have like a week away and, uh, and all, I remember just being on a boat, like, dude, I could just drink seltzers all day long. Like these things, I can't imagine not liking these. And then it, it went away. The other, the other thing with craft beer and I think music, we, we talk about this a lot, but like, you know, Nirvana became Backstreet Boys, right? Like that, that's how it might just be, Hey, you know, yeah. you got to remember the next generation that's coming up. I, Max was the generation when he started here. And now I have to, now I'm like reminding him of when he would start I'd be like, Oh, well, when I was like, now you're seeing, he's like the other day, what'd you say the other day? One of the guys who worked for us came in and Max was like, I used to always have like a sense of style. And I kind of understood how stuff worked. He's like, I, there's, there's a point where that I, hits I can't, oh, I can't I'm even under, like, I don't even understand <laughs> if what he's doing is good or bad or, or, or what it is. No, he's like, no, it's definitely good. I just don't he understand why it. he's like the coolest. He looks so cool. And I'm yeah. just like, why? Like, I how, can't, how do you even do that? What I, is, where did you get that? I had a, I had a long conversation at Christmas with, uh, some nieces and nephews about uh, slang because there's so many things that I just don't understand anymore. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like, I recognize that it's just, it's me. But like it's like, oh, like you're speaking an entirely different language right now. I, I can't understand a word that you're saying. And I'm like, oh, you got to make me a list here. Write this, write all these things down. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everybody listening to this podcast, it's like, you know, we've probably been doing this for a little bit, right? I, right. I, it, that That's sort of, so we're in this next, next evolution. I, I think what I get most excited about with it is one, I think it's gonna be hard. I don't think it's gonna be easy. I don't right. think this is like, like craft beer for a while was easy. I, talk to the guys that grew dogfish in the, what was it, the nineties? They're like, that was the easiest thing ever. Like, yeah how we just would like call somebody up. If you build it, they will come. And they, they well, no, but like when they were saying that when they were selling beer, like when, when they, when craft first hit and it was hot, like literally it was just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, will you distribute my product? And then it was yeah. just flying. Um, so I'm excited about it being hard. Uh, Cause I, I think that that one, it's a challenge. It gets everybody, it puts everybody, I, I like being challenged that that's a, that's a good way to, I think that's what we loved about COVID was like, it was a real challenge that we had to figure out how to overcome. So we're going to deal with the challenge too. I think there's going to be a lot of amazing innovation that comes out of it as beverage makers. Like we shouldn't just be limited to beer. There's some really impressive right. people here that can play with flavors, identify things, and, and there'll be some neat things to see that comes out of that. And then the third piece is the spaces. I mean, the spaces that craft beer had when we opened 10 years ago, it was pathetic. <laughs> yeah, they were right? sad. It's like, <laughs> Picnic tables. What's good about, what's good about this, right? So, so I think that that's that next challenge is how do we get creative? um, inside of those spaces and, and the consumers all benefit from that. And, and so I think as long as you're willing to embrace the hard part of it, which is what we're tasked with as a business, um, the other parts is going to be fun. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch how not only craft beer changes, but how you guys continue to keep changing with it because, uh, so far, you guys, you guys have nailed it. Every every uh, every kind of evolution. I mean, uh, from your perspective, there's probably things that you could change or, or improve. Or, yeah. But but from the drinker's perspective, it's it's been fun watching you guys develop who you are and 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 stick to that and figure that out and and know know that core of what makes Fifty West Fifty West because uh, there's there's a lot of times where I don't know that I would have been able to describe it, but you know when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, it all it all made sense. Everything yeah. everything kind of made sense and so that's that's it's not true for everybody so 50 west good name i can't i can't argue with it now because it's become such a big part of of cincinnati beer I, yes, I literally yes it's a good name <laughs> i blew someone's mind one time when they were like why do you call it 50 west when i'm i'm always driving east there i was just like what about all the other people coming from the other direction and they were just like <laughs> Oh, I guess it kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I love this place. And if you guys, if anybody is listening to this and hasn't been to 50 West, that's, that seems so silly to say, uh, come down here. As of listening to this podcast, uh, the brew pub is open. Uh, Burger bar is open. The beer garden is cold, but you can sit out there and have a beer, I guess, if you want. It's to. not that cold. Could we have, beer, that's true. Beer but we, have, we have heated tents. No, I mean, today it's not cold at all. Like, it's no, it's perfectly comfortable. But when they're listening to this, it might be like, it might be cold again. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Just well, get out of here. C- come out to the brew pub. Yeah, Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, dinner every night. Uh, brunch on Saturday and Sunday. We still only do brunch on Sunday. Now it's gonna be Saturday and Sunday. Uh, just click. I'll put a link Extra in the show brunch. notes. Click on click on the link. It'll take you to the website, and all of the hours are there. Everything is updated there. That's where you find all of the best information about getting to getting to here and 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 having a beer. Um, and and you should because the beer here is incredible. Like it's uh, um, I'm a huge logger fan. You guys know that if you listen to the show enough. And uh, the logger program here um, is extremely underrated. Nobody gives it enough attention and uh 
I think you should come out here and, and have loggers and everything. Yeah, the amount, <laughs> the amount of uh, attention that and and dedication that we've put on the towards loggers on in especially on this side on in this brewery, the small brewery, um, has actually been like yeah un, underappreciated uh, potentially. It's it's we're making very high quality loggers. The standard that we've set for ourselves and the beers that we compare ourselves against, um, the 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 lager that we're churning out of there is is about the best that a system built like that can possibly create. Well, that's the thing too. Like there are people that have special built systems that they like, oh, we're going to be a lager brewery. This is our thing. And they're, they're cranking out great loggers too, but I put them up against anything here. No, no, no. We're, we're not like at any disadvantage. There's just certain things that there we are can't. people that would argue that you are. And there are some really crazy lager nerds that would say you are. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, there's certain things that we can't do, but we don't try to mimic them or do them. We're just doing everything that this system is set up to right. do. So no, we don't have horizontal lagering tanks. Um, we we do single infusion, um, but you can make a fantastic lager that way. And clearly, so, some of the uh, if you if you like look into especially like beer and brewing and a lot of the other podcasts and and stuff where you can just gather information and beer. Some of the more like revered lager breweries uh, in this country are doing it this way. <laughs> And we've like figured out how kind of they're doing it and then have our own spin on it. Um, and we've got our own, you know, brewer back there, Ryan, who's really into it. Like the Ryan and I probably about two or three years ago, just started like exclusively drinking. It might've even been like four years ago. Um, like German import lagers. Like we just kind of started getting weirdly into them and talking to each <laughs> other about them and like drinking a lot of them together and sharing them with each other. And, um, yeah, when we just started, he got so into it just personally that he just wanted to mimic the flavors right. of those beers. Um, so he figured out a way to do it in a, in a pretty neat way. You guys are nailing it. Uh, just keep up the good work. And for everybody that's listening, get out here and have a beer, have dinner. Sit down and have dinner with a couple beers. And uh, you'll thank me later. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week. I don't know off the top of the head uh, who, who's going to be on the show, but uh, it'll be here. And if you want to support the show, as, as always, go to thegnarlygnome.com slash support. Uh, share it with somebody. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be back next Thanks week. Since Brewcast, it's the voice of Sins of Craft. 